Hey yo, what up? It's Force of Philip on the track. You know, sometimes deck building, we take it a little bit too far. Sleeve up 80 cards and hard, perfect, what the fuck? Shuffle game strong, forearm spasm hard, bruh. Flex on them like a dancer on the ballet bar. First position, reveal my companion, Yorion. Oh shit, here we go, it's tax season, DNT motherfucker, believing I'd ever be interested in forging equipment like a belligerent kid who needs mommy's protection as if I'd follow the rules. I ain't a fool, I ain't a tool, this a new game. Every color jammed in, Jackson Pollock approves. Every card draws a card so that card flows smooth. Can't shuffle this deck, cause it's way too thick. Full stack, extra pack with silver bullets to hit. Kessa's green sun, wait, what the fuck did I do? Added tutors to a deck taller than Tinbuck 2. Searching libraries the way that Dewey Decimal do? It's a silver library, cause it's wasting my life. Sliding 20 more cards, Yorion takes flight. Abundant growth in my arthritis like I'm old sick fingers. But we won't be cutting nothing, this was way too stringent. Flinging prime time, autumn nights and grand that snakes create the dumbest looking board that I could possibly make. I'm lookers burden like they all equipped with fibble to face. Even in secret, they can't compare to this messy board they Get tripping over myself like I buckled my knees. Shuffle my deck till my wrist needs sleeves and I can't breathe. Out of breath and stressed because my top decks are worse than 30% in a game so complex. Computers are hard pressed to digest the triggers as they go on the stack. And I crack another fetch to cast another threat while I am shuffling IRL buffering deck box. A muffin tin knuckles in trouble. When blue zine is coupled with small hand and juggling cards go a tumbling onto the board. Wait, was there before? Come judge! Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me, once again, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? I hear that uh, everybody prefers Bryant on the well, on the podcast yeah. instead of which to be fair to be fair so do i so do i Let's... you guys had that like weird battle you know a couple days brian and i recorded on sunday recording now on wednesday and you guys like actually physically fought yeah you you asserted your dominance and uh, i guess i guess we have to just as uh watchers of the show you're all just gonna have to deal with the fact that phil phil is uh is is once again gonna be the host because he was able to uh physically crush bryant cook apparently i have never beaten brian in a game of <laughs> sanctioned competitive magic before but what was uh, an arm wrestling contest much like uh over the top i'm, I'm assuming yeah the, the, <laughs> the only place that i can exert myself is through the dastardly means of you know a low blow when he's not looking to push him over the edge thank you to bryant for covering yeah. for me last episode this past week i was covering the world's strongest man in south carolina so i had no time at all to uh talk about nerd cards but we are going to today but the one thing that i, I listened back to the bryant episode and i thought you guys were great 10 out of 10 would recommend but i can't believe there's one story that he didn't tell oh no Bro. I assume you Bro. have several stories, but uh, please. I have so many stories, but there's one in particular <laughs> that I can't believe he didn't tell, bro. Okay, so back when uh, he for, like was first over, I, I mean, not first overhauling. He's overhauled the Epic Store multiple times in the decade plus that he's been playing the deck. But there was one time where he start once he adopted Taiga, he was like, this was back when Tiger King was like all the rage and culture because nobody had anything to do during the pandemic. And people were like, you got to watch this show. It's terrible, but like you can't look away, et cetera, et cetera. So he adopts Taiga into the Epic storm and he's like i am the taiga king right and he's playing <laughs> off he's playing off the culture right the culture is live of with course. this he's like i'm the taiga king i'm playing taiga my deck list starts at underground sea taiga where else would you want to be and so what i do is i'm like well as somebody who loves trolling bryant at every possible moment that i can i banked this idea of the taiga king so what i did was i superimposed his face onto tiger king joe whatever's face joe joe exotic joe exotic i, super, yeah. I superimposed bryant's face onto tiger onto joe exotic's face 
place. And then I got that image on a play mat. Oh man. And then, Beautiful. and then we, we went to the legacy pit. I think it was the legacy pit and we're sharing a hotel room and me and two other people. And the morning of, I'm like, Hey, Bryant, I actually want to show you something. Could you sign my play mat? And I pull out the play mat and it's his face as Joe Exotic as the Tiger King. <laughs> We That's have a great. good laugh. He signs the play mat, but I punted. You know why? We get paired in round one. It's like it's like a 400 plus person legacy event. And Been we there. get paired in round one. Had I just wait, look, here's the thing. I, I did exactly the plan, right? And if you go back into onto the Epic Storms website, you can read the the play-by-play of this event. And and Bryant talks about this moment. There, there are pictures on there. It's excellent. It's a real, real delight. But had I waited, had I gambled, had I thrown, t- taken a risk to assume that we would have gotten paired in oh, yeah. round one. Oh, it'd be epic. I will never be able to ha- live in the timeline where instead of being like, hey, Bryant in the hotel room, can you sign my play mat and showing him there? If we sit down for round one and I unscroll his face as the Tiger King across the table, oh, it would have been so much better. <laughs> it was, it, it was, it would have been good. An yeah. emotional, emotional roller coaster from me executing a plan that I had a troll that I had planted a year and a half prior. I was like, this is it. We are committed to the bit and we committed, but I just should have committed for, yeah, I, should you should have have gone all the way. I should have given it one time, one time. Of course, we all know that Kurt Ape is the true Tiger King. Kurt Ape is the true Tiger King. When, when are we going to see Kurt Ape in uh, MH3? We're going to see uh mm-hmm. Kurt Ape. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite Carter. Kurt Ape is Sky Shroud Elite because of that, that hot flavor text. So you, you got it. You got in some matches with a uh, staff of the storyteller. Let, yeah. We should, we should find out about that. First off, we need some text here. What is staff of the storyteller? Staff of the Storyteller is an artifact for one in a white. Uh, when it ETBs, it makes a 1-1 spirit. And, and whenever you create a, crea- a creature token, you put a counter on it. And then you can pay white and tap it and remove a counter to draw a card. When this first started making the rounds, control mages like myself, we will clamor to anything that says draw a card that could potentially be an engine that we no longer have with top counterbalance. Sure. Many a thing have fallen into this position. We've had search for us contest. People have tried to make counterbalance work. I, I, I am among them. Like people moved over to Stoneforge Mystic. We have Now we have Staff of the storyteller and people are high on staff when i first saw it i was like what are you guys talking about one in a white plus an additional white to draw a card it's three mana for a one one draw a card that is not legacy playable like, i don't Chill? i don't i look at that card and i think garbage i think well, i think garbage I, I wouldn't even play this in an edh deck i thought garbage i thought absolute yeah. trash and then everybody on twitter on Discord, yeah you've seen the tweets everybody's like phil Bill, Bill, hold on one second. You just got to try staff, bro. It's unbelievable. Staff so good. Staff crazy good. And so I'm like, okay, I am not unchangeable, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to get some evidence here. I'm being told by people whose opinions I trust that staff is good. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try staff. I tried staff and staff confirmed trash. Absolute fucking trash. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, dude, it was so bad. Like, oh, maybe, man. you know what staff was like? I played staff with eight total token makers, and it wasn't enough. And so I get that, like, there's a position. Did you put where, like, Benny Bra- Benny Brax in the deck too? I mean, I should have put Benny <laughs> Brax in the deck. Literally anything to make some tokens to make yeah. it like better than it actually was, because it, it was trash. But then I was looking at like other deck lists where they were going with it, and it was like these guys were playing, you know, Wandering Emperor and Stoneforge Mystic, and essentially playing like sixteen blue cards or whatever the fuck. And it's like, yeah. okay, team, if we want, if we're if we're willing to accept literally anything, then sure. But staff ain't it. Staff just ain't it. I played against eight cast and got buried. It wasn't close. Even, I feel here's like... the thing. I had a spread where I was playing with staff and it was anemic. And then I also had games where I had multiple staffs and it still felt anemic. The, the best part of staff, honestly, the only good part of staff was that it disguised spell pierce and spell snare. So the, you, because you hold up a, a white mana, you can hold up a tundra. Yeah. And so you can, you can coat your counter magic. But outside of that, like that was the best part. People thought I was just holding up for staff. And so they would walk into spell pierce. But like the staff itself, trash, would not, would not recommend 
and please nobody else fall into the trap if you wanted to play stash you're probably just looking at playing effectively the same thing that you would play standstill in but stash is a little bit more flexible and that you don't need to be ahead in order to play standstill. Why not like, just play Endless Atlas, though? Like, I feel like Endless Atlas, like, for one more mana activation, of course, Endless Atlas just seems like it's much more reliable as far as card draw is concerned. I don't know what Endless Atlas does, but I do Endless know Endless Atlas it's- is, it's a two-mana artifact, and then for two mana, you can tap it and draw a card. Uh, activate this ability only if you control three or more lands with the same name. Okay, yeah, so you have you just have to be a little bit, you can't play it in, like, the more extensive color decks. But, like, it's also similar to uh, Reckoner bank buster buster i yeah. remember that that deck the reckoner bank buster shurikai whatever nonsense did like well one time in a challenge and then nobody ever played it again i like shurikai and, a lot as like as like a card to throw in control specifically because it, it's very hard to remove unless you're playing enchantment sorry uh artifact removal or if you're playing red blast yeah well red blast, I guess is a playing, lot makes it unplayable playing, you know, right yeah of course if you're playing like anything that if you if you, if you get paired against red I, sure. I i think that staff staff sucks don't recommend if you want to play it just play the standstill shit and then decide if you want staff or standstill but otherwise you're in that same space and staff is not the the savior that we need nor deserve watsy's kicking indoors with uh weezer records recovering uh stolen slash lost property and that's that's like a thing that's happened uh you got any takes on that i don't know big corporation does big corporation thing like yeah I, I mean, yeah, eat the rich. I don't fucking know. Like, yeah, did they go <laughs> overboard? Probably. Is the yeah. story on either side probably true? Who knows? Does any of it matter? <laughs> Not really. We get it. We get the, the spoilers sooner rather than later. And, you know, it also goes to show that, like, everybody who saw these spoilers for Aftermath, half the people that I talked to didn't know that it was a leak. They thought it was just spoiler season again. Yeah, I mean, I, for, for me, I'm always, like, I still, like, my, I, I always put on the tinfoil hat. Here, I'll, I'll make myself a little tinfoil hat from uh tinfoil hat time uh i think this is all 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 the time it's all made up by by watsy like every leak is just a thing that they did on purpose to create like weird hype and uh and so even this i think is the same thing but anyhow the the way that they treat leaks every time is different too there was one time where i forgot what set it was but a set was leaked and then they just came out and were like hey guys yeah this leak is real here's some of the stuff that we had planned for it and then they just like shared stuff early yeah and it, they, they were just like accepting that like the well, that's... leaks are, are inevitable because the game is too big now and too many people are involved in getting the cards out and yeah. if one slips everything slips because that's how the internet works and well that's what happened with it. like the the kenris royal funeral like that was leaked as a, a and jurel uh were were leaked images on on like Imager or something like that and then uh a couple weeks later Blake Rasmussen did did like uh you know this week the magic daily or whatever and was like yeah here are a couple of cards from the set and it's like just those two cards you know uh and they showed a bunch they, they showed a bunch of like different variants and stuff but those were the exact two cards spoiled so that you know they get around it that way but this was more like the whole set I watched the uh pack opening too I don't know man my my first look at all these cards is like uh, yeah most of them probably aren't legacy playable i mean that's that's magic sets period most of them aren't legacy playable but like even as as a broader player i play like a lot of ed i play edh every week with with friends a lot of these cards like it's a 50 card set first off so like if you buy a box you're probably gonna get, you get the whole thing yeah yeah I don't know. I just feel like a lot of this is like, you know, the, the the value in this is like there's some there's some reprints like Trading Ground is like was like a 30 or 40 dollar card uh, and that's getting reprinted. But when the guy opened the box, he opened three Trading Grounds. So I was just like, wow, that card's going to be shot into the ground, which is because the set is so small. Yeah, yeah. it's totally All these cards fine. Are be way like, cheaper because it's so much smaller. Yeah, I just wish they would have printed like more 
more staples that every like casual staples that everybody needs. Like put yeah, put uh anointed procession in there, put uh you know a doubling season, put all those cards that like are super sought after instead of making it a 50 card set, which is just wild to me. Like, like I said, like if you buy a box, you get like almost four of everything. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people will be happy about that, but yeah, you could probably could have filled out the rest of the set with like a bunch of reprints, but I guess that like wasn't the point of the set. I think the point of the set, here's my tinfoil hat. They're like, guys, we need to cater to commander at all times, at all times, no matter what commander must be catered to. We must make a bajillion legends with a lot of text and all of that text must generate more things to do. So every card needs to beget at least a card or put you in position to beget a bunch of cards. Yeah. Nothing can only do a thing. It has to do a thing plus give you more more resources. That way you Yeah, can I mean that's that's sort things. of become the state of play for Ford yeah. Commander over the past like it's I don't unfortunate know, like three that years. every every card needs to do needs to get you more cards. It, it's un, it's unfortunate because that means that it dwindles at parts of the color pie that card advantage it dwindles at blue because yeah. blue gets like raw cards where everything else gets like actual advantage stapled onto like other things. That aside, I think the argument for them doing this thing was like, hey guys, we can either make it so we can change the commander's rules and say that planeswalkers can also be your commander or we can just get rid of planeswalkers kill all the planeswalkers yeah yeah uh well so here's here's like uh, there was an article recently that i think was really good i forget who wrote it about about commander and we won't go into commander for too much longer but uh about commander that in 2018 commander was all about like throw your haymaker down to end the game like play crater of behemoth in the game and they've slowly been working commander to a game where it's more about having synergies having like your deck work together with itself like oh i made a tokens deck and all the cards in it like get value out, out of tokens so that you like kind of you avalanche your opponent with just value and i think like this a lot of the cards in the set have that like i think the, to the point of what you were saying is they have that like avalanche of value where like you're not playing like people play crater hoof behemoth but like everyone's saving a counter spell for crater hoof behemoth or finale of devastation uh, cards like that we're all ready for right like we've all lost that so many times that like as as a commander player you're just like ready for something like that to happen now what what happens is it's more incidental uh you know that's outside of like uh, uh cdh which is a completely uh, honestly is a completely different format but mm-hmm. uh you know in a regular commander game like i think that they're trying to push players more to an incremental value sort of situation uh and that's fun factor like it's fun to do stuff uh and that's what the format is a is really about is to like play with your bulk rares that are now like 50 60 cards yeah I, i remember one time i was selling cards and in i had like some eight mana red dragon or something in the 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 stuff that I was shilling out. The Which dude for a Hellkite, I believe. I, I, is I have the card. I have no idea what it was. It was I think yeah. it was like a mythic from like conspiracy or some shit. Oh, but like dude put it down at, in like the eighteen dollar slot. And you know, like if a if a vendor is putting something down at eighteen, that means that it sells for it's, like fifty. Yeah. And so I was like. I have no idea what's, I, I mean, I know what's going on, but I don't understand what's yeah. going on. It's funny, uh, when I, I bought a case of Return to Ravnica when it came out. That was like kind of my first real set when I got back into the game. So I bought a case and uh, opened up all the cards. And it's really funny to me now, because that set was relatively low low in value minus getting Shocklands. Um, but over time, a lot of cards from that set have just like creeped up in price because, you know, like Wor- World Spireworm, was in that set, I believe. Utavura Hellkite is is a card that like just every everybody that plays a dragon deck wants that. And and those like bulk, cards that we would have seen as bulk rares as uh, competitive players are like $50, 60 70 dollars in some cases because 
that they're just good in in like in decks that are popular in EDH. All right, so here's what we'll do. We're going to go through these uh, March of this Ma Machine Aftermath spoilers, and then when we're done, you'll tell me what is the most exciting legends for you to build around both as a commander, general, and in Legacy. But uh, first we have Nahiri, Forged in Fury. That is four mana, a red, and a white for a legendary core artificer. artificer affinity for equipment, 5-4, Whenever an equipment you control, equip creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. You may cast equipment spells without paying their mana cost if you do the, if you do it this way. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, not the style of deck that I build. I'm not like, this is a Voltron card. This is this is not a card I would play uh, personally, but I, I have a friend who uh, who builds decks like this. You know, for all of the, like, they give us so many equipment payoff type things, but there just aren't enough, like, one and two mana equipment that, like, do anything on their own in order to build a deck for it. Like, if there was an equipment that did, like, Shadow Spear, Shadow Spear has the ability that it turns off uh, Hexproof and Indestructible yeah. from permanence. But, like, if there was an equipment that also had, like, you know, it's a one-minute equipment that does a relevant thing when it equips, but also is a Soul Guide Lantern. Or, like, when, once we get into the space where they start combining effects just randomly onto cheap equipment, then maybe we can get to a space where this something like this could see play eventually. Because then you can actually start churning an engine. But un until that space comes, it's kind of just additional stuff on top of the thing that should already be winning you the game my, my biggest gripe with this card aside from its giant mana cost is it's a vanilla creature it's just a five four like there's no evasion there's no trample you, First you know my problem with this you know my problem with this my actual hardcore problem with this how many times have they reprinted emery four times <laughs> five times few. yeah yeah it's, it's I five say times five. i want to say five yeah not once, not a single time have they put Affinity for Artifacts on Emery. Nope. But now this card going into Standard <laughs> says Affinity for Equipment? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll never get over it. I'm never going to uh, get over all it. All right, so That's, next we have... This This card's an offender. It's offensive. All right, next we have Tarzri, Stalwart, Survivor. That is three mana, two, and a white for a Human Warrior. Each creature you control has tap, add one mana of this creature's colors. Spend that mana to activate an ability... Of a, only to activate an ability of a creature. Activate only if this creature has another activated ability. Uh, and then for Wooberg and tap this, you can mill five cards. All creature cards with activated abilities that aren't mana abilities from uh, uh, from among the milled cards are put into your hand. It's a 3-3. Three, three. I'm sure, like, first off, five-color commander. I'm sure it's great, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, not, not my style. I do love a card that, like, dares you to build a deck, though. Like I, yeah. this deck is de this card's daring you to build a deck. It's daring you to build a deck, and it also has Zerda as its companion immediately. Yeah, oh, exactly. They all, yeah, they all they all want ex they ask for exactly the same thing. It's Obnixless Captive Kingpin for a four three four uh, two a black and a red. You get a legendary demon flying trample whenever one or more opponents each lose exactly one life. Put a plus one plus one counter on Obnixilis Captive Kingpin. Exile the top card of your library until the next step. You may play that card. This is exactly what you're talking about with the, like, they do a thing and then they, like, add value on top of that. So, so what I want to know for the wording on this, whenever one or more opponents each lose, does that mean that you can ping an opponent individually and then get the trigger? Well, you have it to says ping one all or of them more, right? One it says one more. or more, but like the, so, the, each, the each always throws me off because if it was whenever one or more opponents lose exactly one life or whenever one or more opponents each lose exactly one life. So here's what this card's doing. This card is saying if you deal, if you 
play a card that does one damage to everybody. This thing only gets once. one plus one plus one counter. Right. If you do, if you deal damage to one player, this card gets one right. plus one plus one counter. For each instance uh, that happening. Now, if you have a uh, effect that like pings, like triggers several times, like say, you, let's say you grape shot someone, ping that guy, you ping this guy, you ping this guy, and you just keep going around. Each instance of that will put a plus one plus one counter on on this yeah. guy. Okay. But so if they, it was each story, doing it all oh, at yeah. the same time, it like pestilence. Every time you cast pet, you use pestilence. It would only put one plus one plus one counter on Obnixilus. So when I was looking at cards, like I don't think the set is really too huge for legacy. Like maybe a couple of role players, maybe you'll see something here that it's not yeah. that great. But for Obnixilus, I was like, oh well, this is kind of an interesting effect. Like you get a flying trampler, that's a big deal, but it's a th it's three toughness, so you you know you can't. It's already a non-starter. But then I was like, wait a minute, this card actually does want you to play with gut shot as a way to convert yeah. some value. So you could theory theoretically play this, have a gut shot in your hand, and play. around around a bolt yeah and i was like oh and, okay okay and uh okay. you know pestilence is playable you can play yeah, the, there's a red pestilence too isn't there which is mono four drops we could just be mono four drops yeah mono, do it. mono four drops dot deck um all right next we have nahiri's resolve so nahiri's resolve is an enchantment for five mana that is three a red a white creatures you control have plus oh plus one in haste at the beginning of each end step exile any number of non-token artifacts and or creatures you control Return those cards to the battlefield under the owner's control at the beginning of your next end step. So I guess, you know, like if someone messes up your batter skull, you can flash it back uh, in and it gets a token again and you can attack with it. It's five mana. It's five mana. We know we, this is obviously built for Nahiri above. Uh, all right. Then we have uh, Tyvor the Bellicose. Man, I haven't said Bellicose since... Since 1989, when Beetlejuice came out. They need adjectives. Yeah. The Bellicose is a 5-4 for a 2, a green, and a black elf warrior. Whenever one or more elves you control attack, they gain death touch until in turn. Each creature you control has, whenever a mana ability of this creature resolves, put a plus one, plus one counter on it equal to the amount of mana that creature produced. This triggers only once each turn. It's cool. Look, that I like that's a neat effect. You can build a whole deck around that, I'm sure. All right, Sigarda. Let's talk about Sigarda. Sigarda, Font of Blessings, is a 4-4 four, four, for two, a green and a white, legendary angel, flying. Other permanents you control have hexproof. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast angels and human spells from the top of your library. Phil, here you go, man. Dude, anytime there's a card that says you may look at the top card of your library anytime <laughs> always gets me hard. Then I always lose that because... It's creatures it's always, only? They, yeah. they, they always let you cast things from the top of your deck, and it's never anything that I wanted. Like, it's never any relevant thing. Like, the yeah. closest thing is Cemetery Illuminator. I do like this one, though, in that it being a 4-4 that protects the rest of your board. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that there is some relevance in a lot of things. Like, 4-4 in the correct matchup is good. It's You can't red blast it. You can't blue blast it. It's one of those things where... I'm sure this card like, will see play in, like, Maverick as, like, a one-of. I, I, I feel like it, it being powerful in that, like, look at the top card of your library anytime, even if you're not converting any value off of it, in, is inherently already has enough value with fetch lands if the card itself is good enough. Plus, if you ever convert a single card off of it, now we're talking if that hex proof, proof was relevant in any way. Like, there's enough going on with this card that, like, it being a square statted 4-4 that doesn't die to anything except for the except for swords is like, okay, yeah, we're in that space. Does it suck if they brazen borrow it? Yeah, like, all that stuff because it doesn't have immediate value, but you do get to look at the top card of your library if it's if it touches the board at all. So there, there, it, there's not nothing there. The only other downside is that, like, it can get Karakas, but it means you can also protect it with Karakas. If, you if your board is protected and you have a Karakas protecting this, 
they can't point a removal spell at anything else. They have to point it at the Sagarda. And then if you're protecting the Sagarda, you kind of just blank that removal spell because either they have to use it as tempo and then you bounce your thing and then they can, in the window, have an additional removal spell to remove another thing that's going on. So like this one seems way more positional to me, but like actually in a range where I could see this showing up in Legacy as like if this showed across the table for me, I'd be like, oh, this card's actually pretty good. It has enough going on that it yeah. feels powerful to the point that I would want to own one in my collection somewhere. Uh, and it's the only card that we've talked about so far where I'm like, yeah, this, this could, this could see play. Yeah. Yeah. This could definitely make it. All right. Karn legacy reforged uh, legendary creature, Gollum artifact XX. His power and toughness is equal to the greatest mana value among artifacts. You control at the beginning of your upkeep, add a colorless for each artifact you control. This mana can't be spent to cast non artifact spells. Until the end of the turn, you don't lose this mana as phases and steps end. Would I put this into eight casts? Probably not, but like you can, you know, like you, if you have Kappa Cannoneer, you have a six six, but like if you have Kappa Cannoneer, you're already doing well. Yeah, I think the, the only my head went to a similar space. I would never see anybody actually playing this because it's not the decks that like already make sense with artifacts in the format don't need a five, a five mana thing. Yeah, you know, five like minutes too much. Good. Right? This is the, the 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 one where I was like, okay, well, maybe if you have what's the Thopter, the Mold Drifter Thopter on a cast. Yeah, uh, that is uh, Thought Monitor. Yeah, if you have a Thought Monitor, it's like okay, this is a seven seven seven. seven. But like, then was, you're but already doing fine. You know, like well, yeah, it's a seven seven that's essentially then doubling your mana because assuming that you have yeah. you know enough artifacts that you're just you're, you're just turning through, and then it's like okay, what are you dumping that into? And once you're in that space, it feels like you need ways to pay that off. But because this thing doesn't do, because you have to wait until your next upkeep to get it, it's not it doesn't do anything on its own, and it's a ground pounder. And so I'm like, all right, it's just not gonna make it. All right, Colgan Warmonger. Uh, it's a three two with haste, two and a red. Ogre Warrior, whenever this attacks, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal a dragon card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in any in random order. You trying it's to dragon, dragon stompy, bro? Dragon, dra dragon yeah. stompy? Oh, dragon stompy. There you go. Hey, bro, this is exactly the kind of thing. Remember back in the day before they just power creep the shit out of everything that you could just play Ancient Tomb Chalice and then anything on top of it and yeah. it didn't matter? That's I mean, looking this. at the top six cards of your deck and getting a dragon if you're dragon stomping, like, maybe? Yeah, bro. Essentially, like, you're just doing... You can do anything. You can do anything once you have a chalice in play. Drainlith Ruins. Land. Tap for a colorless mana. Two. Tap it. Put two plus one plus one counters on target non-human creature that entered the battlefield this turn. The only utility I see with this card is if you know your opponent's playing Dress Down and you're playing uh, eight cast and you want to stop them from killing your constructs. This... <laughs> type of card where it's a colorless land that then has some kind of conditional activated ability has never made it and won't no. ever make it. No. Uh, all right. Calyx, guided by fate uh, for a 2-2 two, two, for one, a green, and a white legendary enchantment creature, human druid, has constellation. So whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Whenever uh, Calyx or an enchanted creature... You control deal combat damage to a player. You may create a token that's a copy of that non-legendary enchantment you control, of a copy of a non-legendary enchantment you control. Do this only once a turn. I Let me just point this out as as a, as a your uh, lead on uh, things all things EDH. I think that enchantment decks are cool. I think they're a pain in the ass to play and play against because it's just trigger, 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 trigger. And you're like, is this person's turn ever going to be over? Can they just win the game? 
No, they're yeah, just doing only like a thousand things. This card only says once per turn, though. No, but I'm just saying, like, what happens is you get like 12 of these effects on the board, or you get like t- the shrine deck, right? You get like 15 shrines on the board. So you, during your upkeep, you resolve like 12, 12 things. And it's like none of these win you the game, but it's all just like incremental stuff. And it's super boring to play against a deck like this. Yeah, bro. Especially when there are three other people waiting for you to resolve 15 triggers. It's just, it's a lot. Anyhow. Well, luckily, you'll never have to engage with it in Legacy. Yeah, thank God. Uh, there's a There was a guy, I forget his name, at, at 20 Side Store that used to play <laughs> enchantments. Spark Rupture. Spark Rupture enters the battlefield. Draw a card. It is a three mana enchantment for two and a white. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Each Planeswalker with one or more loyalty counters on it loses all abilities and is a creature with power and toughness equal to the loyalty on it. This so might be something. I, I actually think that this is... I have played many a Flame Blitz in my sideboard. Yeah. Because the Narset Teferi deck for... It, it just became four color. Yeah. Uh, but now that... Like that deck is sort of coming back into the metagame to some extent. Like it, it's it, it won a challenge. Uh, I think in the last month, somewhere between four Teferi, four Narset, and then like your one or two of days on doing dot prison pile. It, it's a deck. It's, it, it is around. And I think having something like this that's not in red is actually pretty appealing, particularly because you can, if you play this one, like if you play Spark or Flame Blitz, and I was playing it because it also has cycling. So in the event that you don't yeah, need you get you rid cycle of it away yeah. and it's free. This has but, cycling too. This has cycling too. And if you think about it in the way that like this is two and a white to draw a card and get the effect as opposed to cycling for two, which is what Flame Blitz has. But yeah. what this does is that it doesn't mean that you have to be in red. I yeah. that deck was so that deck was so difficult because Narset and Teferi's static effects are just so punishing for yeah, they just uh, at least the decks that I like to play. Yeah. It, it, you I was overloaded to the point where I'm playing both Flame Blitz and Pyroblast, right? Like I just need to be yeah. able to deal with the engine of like these prison pieces that are also draw engines that are also mistakes. Having something like this where you can play it proactively, draw the card, and it's not just like an easy prismatic ending away. It's not like they can do the trick where you play your flame blitz. Flame blitz only triggers in the end step, so they could theoretically play their Teferi, bounce it to draw the card, and then make you replay the flame blitz to then get rid of the Teferi. So it gives them a window to actually cycle the Teferi. Whereas like if you play this proactively, you get to cycle, and then they don't ever get to do that. They just have yeah. to remove an enchantment first. Now this, Or you get attacked a- with a 5-5 Narset, and, and you feel terrible. No, here's the thing, bro. Like, if if if, if my opponent had a three three five five, like a yeah. three three vanilla five five versus a Narset, I, I will happily take three shots to the face. Yeah, you know, like when I, I would rather take I, like if somebody cast a Narset and we're like, Phil, you can either have this sit on the board and and, and impulse them or take fifteen. I would take fifteen a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, of course. Even if that taking fifteen kills me because I'm dead to the Narset. It's just anyway, not. It's not miserable, right? It's not yeah. a miserable experience. Of course. I, I actually really like Spark Rupture as yeah. a, a okay. sideboard card for that specific. Now, this is only good because that deck exists. Like, yeah. that's exactly the deck that I care about that I wanted against. But there's also, like, I could see this also coming in against the, like, the big Karn decks. If you're playing yeah. Karn, the Great Creators dot decks, like, I could also see boarding this in because most of the decks that you at least are playing like the prismatic ending style stuff getting up to four can be tough not every deck can get up to four reliably if they do maybe they're splashing unless they're like exposing themselves to wasteland against otherwise for the rest of the format so like you're usually soft to karn whatever karn gets is probably going to beat you anyway like if you don't have the opportunity and you give them a time to untap at the karn and then they start stone raining you like you're just fucked so like being able to have a proactive play that like maintains card parity that like solves a bunch of problems in an otherwise splashable card i think uh is is really solid as like something to have access to like the the card so far that like i'm gonna want in my collection somewhere because i might use them or at least one sagarda 
and then like one to two spark ruptures. Final point about this in in response to those Karn decks, Flame Blitz is a one mana spell, if I'm not wrong, right? It's one mana. Yeah, it's one yeah, mana so enchantment. Yeah, so it, it like, gets countered by Chalice, whereas this doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, you, you, the, the times where I bring it in against Chalice is like, pretty rare i mean maybe yeah well i'm saying those card decks play chalice generally right yeah yeah yeah. i I think like the the biggest thing that i like it's like flame blitz is good it also checks your planeswalkers in a way where you can't get any value it only happens at the beginning of the end step so it's it's like a hate piece for the beginning of the end step which is fine but that teferi interaction where they do get a window to cycle their teferi and then you have to replay it so like it still cycles like if you played one mana on your flame blitz and then they teferi bounce it and then you play two mana another a second mana to put your flame blitz back down They've spent three mana to draw a card. You've spent two mana, and they're still like in a position where they're not necessarily behind. You know, yeah. so it still feels favorable to them because they're doing the more powerful thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Goldforge Thropterix. One white and one blue artifact creature dinosaur Thopter. Flying lifelink, one three. Each legendary permanent you control has ward two. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Narset, Enlightened Exile. Narset's a creature again, guys. This is one blue, red, white. A legendary creature, Human Monks 3-4, creatures you control have prowess. First off, hello. Then uh, whenever Narset Enlightened Exile attacks, exile, target, non-creature, non-land card with mana value less than Narset's power from a graveyard and copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. There's a lot going on with this card. I don't know that it's, it's playable, but it does also have prowess aside from giving all of your creatures prowess. Yeah, I think this card is, it's so close. It just dies to, like, the, my thing is that it, it dies, dies to both red blasts. red blast and blue blast. <laughs> yeah, it just dies to both blasts. But, like, the effect is certainly powerful, you know? Yeah. I mean, at a baseline, cycling your cantrips and then it, it gets in as a 4-5 is, like, not necessarily the worst. You can scale this, you know? I mean, I don't know what other things you'd want to flash back. This I, is, I mean, this is like, uh, you know, the if there's ever again a, a like, a multicolored control deck in, in these colors like a four-color control deck that uses these colors. Uh, this is, like, up there with Kess as far as, like, uh, a it card to play. It feels very Kess. Yeah, yeah, it feels very Kess in that in that space where it's like, yeah, if you play it, it's probably going to be powerful some amount of the time, and then other times that you play it, you're going to tap out, it's going to die, and then you're going to feel bad about yourself. It just feels like all of these cards, like Kess, like this, that would be powerful... It's like you first have to get over that you're like, you're like, okay, well, I could just play Narset Parter or I could play Teferi. And it just, oh, it feels like those cards just box this shit out, you know? Yep. It's like, it may not, but like, it feels like I look at this card and in my, if I'm playing this card, at first I'm thinking, okay, what deck am I playing it in? And then I'm going, wait, why am I not just playing the War of the Sparkwalkers? And they kind of just block everything else around out that's uh, you know, I, I hope i'm wrong because this deck this card is sweet and i would love to it's, like, it's very it to cool show up. uh cosmic rebirth is one a green a white instant choose target permanent card in your graveyard if it has a mana value of three or less you may put it into the battlefield if you don't put it into the battlefield put it into your hand gain three life moving on what do you think yeah <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, that's that's neat and all, but like, what like what am I gonna put a Tefri in from the graveyard? That's the only thing I could think of. That's th- like for three mana. I guess I could I could put uh, Uro in, right? I could just like yeah, cast Uro this and get Uro and gain you know? three life. Uro brings itself back. Yeah, what I'm saying, like I could like I I could use this to bring back Uro uh, because it costs three, right? That's like a thing to do, I suppose, and it would stay in play. Arnie Metalbrow is a three mana three three. That's two and a red for a legendary creature, Human Berserker. Whenever a creature you control attacks or a creature enters the battlefield under your control attacking, uh, you may pay one and a red. If you do, you may put a creature. With mana value less than the creature's mana value from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. I, I don't I don't have any idea when when I would ever want this in, in Legacy. It's a neat and very uh very unique effect, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not gonna see play. Yeah. All right, rebuild the city for three, a black, a red, a green, sorcery, choose target land. Create three tokens that are copies of it, except they are three three creatures in addition to other types, and they have vigilance and menace. This card's cool, but a little too expensive. Yeah, six mana to make three lands. I don't know. Yeah, they make nine nine damage in three lands. Play a Mark Tide. Yeah, just exactly. Uh, Plarg and Nas Nas Nasari. Plarg and Nars Nasari. That is three and two red for an Orca Free, uh, five four. At the beginning of your upkeep, each player uh, exiles a card from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. An opponent chooses a non-land card exiled this way. You may cast up to two spells from among the other cards exiled without paying their mana cost. There's so much. There's so many words on that card for basically draw two cards. Yeah, it's a lot of way. A lot of words. <laughs> a lot of words to say draw two. Yeah. Uh, five mana, five four that says draw two cards. Vesuvian Drifter is a uh, three mana, two four. That's two and a blue for a shapeshifter flying. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. Uh-oh. Uh, at the beginning of each combat, you may put, you may reveal the top card of your library. If you do reveal a creature card this way, it becomes a copy of that card until the end of turn, except for it has flying. All right, man. You, you can do your Dreadnought stuff again. Yeah, dude. Dread, dread it out. Uh, get, all right. get ready with it. Kiora, Sovereign of the Deep, is a five mana. That is three, a green, and a blue for a legendary Merfolk Noble that has Vigilance in Ward 3 as a five, uh, four, five. Whenever you cast a Kraken, a Leviathan, an Octopus, a Serpent spell from your hand, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the spell's mana value. You may cast a spell with a mana value of X or less from among them. Without paying their cost, put the rest on the bottom in any random in random order. Neat, but like you're not doing that. Couldn't have said it better. Markov Baron. That is a uh three mana, two-two, vampire with lifelink con- and convoke and madness. Uh both the madness and the spells cost are two and a black. And that is all the text on that card. It's a vampire lord. It sure is a vampire. Uh all right. Tranquil Frillback is a three-three. For two and a green, it's a dinosaur, and it reads, when it enters the battlefield, you may pay green up to three times. When you pay this cost one or more times, you may choose up to this many of the following things. So uh, I think you have to choose one or more of the... Yeah, you can't choose any of these twice. So destroy target artifact or creature, exile target enchantment, players... Artifact or enchantment, it's a naturalize. Yes, naturalize, Tormod's Crypt, exile a graveyard, 
or gain gain for life. I mean, Moving yeah, 3x on. kicker. Moving yeah. on. Reckless handling is a sorcery for one in red. Search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle and discard at random. If an artifact card was discarded this way, reckless handling deals two damage to each opponent. It's a neat gamble, but I can't think gamble. of a reason I would play this. Maybe those red stompy decks want, want that. It's it's tough because this card, because it's just for artifacts, it's like you already have Goblin Engineer to do that. Like yeah, Goblin yeah, Engineer yeah. just entombs you. And it's like if you wanted the card to your hand, you, there are just better ways to get those cards into your hand, I would think. Like, yeah. It's also gamble the worst exists, gamble. Right? Like you, you gamble, have gamble. Like, yeah, you, you have to be playing the first four gambles before you get to this card. Yeah. So it's just like, I see what it's like trying to do, but it's just, uh, it's bad enough given the tools that we have that it won't ever see play. Yeah. PNLR, uh, console of the revival. This is a two mana, three, two, three for a red and a white legendary creature, human artificer, thopters you control have haste. Whenever you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, create a one-one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. I don't know what that's all about. Weird stipulation. This is one of the first cards that I've uh, in a long time that I can remember that like has the if you do something from exile, do a thing clause without a way for without you to like exile to do stuff. It, yeah. But the thing is, is that I prefer that. Yeah, I, no, I think fine. it's so much like Build your it's deck. so much more. Like, figure it out. Exactly. Like the cards that are like, okay, whenever uh, whenever this uh, attacks or an artifact, uh, ETBs or whatever, exile the top card, you may play it until end of turn. Whenever you play a card from exile, do a thing. Like it just fuels itself. Whereas this one doesn't fuel itself. So it's asking you questions. And I think that's so yeah. much more interesting. There's nothing. And also there's no shortage of these cards in this set that do that. So it's like, you know, sure. Like I get it, this one's it, only two mana, but like yeah. the, the fact that it, it, it does a thing. And then the after you're done reading it, the first thing you have to do is go, Oh well, what could I play that would make that work? Yeah. Let it's me build so a deck around this card. Any 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 of the cards that are self feeding are like or like self feeding endlessly, as opposed to like maybe a one shot. They're they're just way more boring because you're like, okay, well, I don't have to do anything else. I can just do this thing. Yeah. Whereas this one just asking a bunch of questions, and it's like it's never going to see play, but it's certainly an interesting card. Uh, Leyline Immersion. This is an aura for three and a green, and it says enchant legendary creature. Uh, legendary creature has ward two and tap to add five mana of any combination of colors. This may only be, be spent to cast spells. Neat. Neat. Uh, super neat. I mean, I'm sure that you could probably figure out some sort of infinite combo with this card. I'm not interested. Uh, training grounds got reprinted guys. Training grounds. Talarian contempt for it's an enchantment for three and two blue. When it enters the battlefield, put a rejection counter on each creature your opponents control at the beginning of your end step for each creature, for each opponent, choose up to one target creature they control with a rejection counter on it. That opponent's creature puts it on top of their library. Or that creature's uh, owner puts it on top of their library. Okay. Yeah, um, it's just like a very long way to not do anything. Then we have Samut, Vizier of Nak-ta-moon. Way to sound it out. You love it. This is a 2-3 for one a red and a green. It's a legendary human warrior cleric. Uh, first strike, vigilance, trample. Whenever you, a creature no you trample, control... it has haste. First strike, oh, haste, vigilance, haste, and sorry. haste. First strike, vigilance, haste. Yeah, there would be nothing in, in being a warrior or a cleric that would give it trample, obviously. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, if that creature entered the battlefield this turn, draw a card. Yeah, bro. It's got to enter and it's got to have haste so it can deal damage. Guys, we have a seven mana death rattle Oni. Demon Spirit, that is six and a black. 
For a flash, this spell costs two less for each creature that died this turn. When this enters the battlefield, destroy all other creatures that were dealt damage this turn. No, no. not doing it. I'm not trying not to do it. it, and I'm not doing it. You're definitely not trying to do it. <laughs> a Yara's Orsworn, uh, or Oath Sworn is a two-mana human knight uh, with menace that says whenever this deals damage, uh, combat damage to a player, if it has fewer than four plus one plus one counters on it, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Then if it has exactly four, search your library for a card and shuffle. So if it gets four, tutor. Yeah, and then it would get to continue to tutor. But okay, so in, in 1v1, let's play this out. Let's assume that you your opponent puts up no resistance and you just get to connect every turn. Two, three, four, five, then six. You, so no, you're hitting for two. Yep. And then you're hitting for three. Yep. And then you're hitting for four. Yep. And then you're hitting for five. Correct. And then on your fifth hit, then you'll get to tutor. So, so you that's hit them. Uh, two, five. You've hit uh, them for 14. <laughs> you're, the game better be over by the time you get in, so, get in there. Last, your so last you're, 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 Are you your just going to get bumping the night? I feel like you just get bumped in the night. <laughs> you like, got to hit him for 14. That's pretty good. Uh, what, what kind of tutor for? I'd probably tutor for something that could hit him for 14. Yeah. I, I'd hit him for something that it could hit him for six. I'd tutor for, good. Yeah, for a card that hits him for six, right? right? Yeah. Uh, deification. This card is actually pretty interesting looking. Uh, deification is an enchantment that says, as it enters the battlefield, choose a planeswalker type. So that's a, the name of a planeswalker, basically. Planeswalker you control of that chosen type have hex proof and as long as you control a creature if damage was dealt to the planeswalker you control that would remove all loyalty counters it goes down to one loyalty counter weird i i get what the point of this card it's like is worship. flavorfully it's worship it's yeah, worship it, it, right it's worship and it's flavorful for elspeth's story in that like nothing actually like not even the thing that like the same thing that happened to her is what happened to urza where it's like he was supposed to be annihilated, but instead his spark ignited and became the most powerful like being in the multiverse. It, like I get where they're going for flavor wise. It's like it's a, it's an interesting card. My issue with this card is why is it that the people who are playing planeswalkers are the person we're trying to protect? Yeah. You know? Like yeah. it, it just it doesn't feel to me like this card is like if the person has a planeswalker, they are winning because the planeswalkers are inherently so much more uh value generating than anything powerful. else. Yeah. So it's like to think like, okay, not only do I have a planeswalker, but I also have this thing that's protecting that planeswalker. So much, and that so planeswalker much planeswalker just, manipulation in this in in like recent sets too. Very weird. It, it it just feels to me like if anything, like we we need more cards that deal with planeswalkers, not get not protect them. Yeah. So it just feels weird that like the choice I get like flavor if they're going for flavor, but it just feels weird to be like, hey guys, we really need to give the planeswalker players something to to help them out. Yeah, they just are something just to, to make those decks you know, good. The, the, the uh, Planeswalkers don't just snowball by themselves enough. We need to yeah. make sure that they can stay on the table. All right, so we've got uh, Jarena, Dauntless General, uh, for a black and a white legendary human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, exile target player's graveyard, sacrifice Jarena. Humans you control gain hexproof and indestructible until in a turn. Neat, but I don't see this seeing play. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't. I, I think it's too slow, and that the graveyard decks are too fast. But like yeah. ETB Tormod's crypt is not nothing. Like, I, yeah, this, I just don't know a deck that's black and white. Like, what are you going to play some dead guy ale? I mean, I've seen people like the the, the off splashes in your decks with Recruiter of the Guard for like you know I've seen them tutor up the two one flyer that can crypt, right? Yeah. So like if you're in a space where you're be you'd be open to splashing like. Instead of it being a two-one flyer that can crypt, this is a 
a Krypton ETB and then also can uh, protect your protect the, the rest of your stuff. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not crazy. Like those are they're they're good effects on a cheap creature. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this shows up, right? Like it's it's reasonable. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I I would I would be like, yep, that's a that's a hate bear you can put up it, against it, me. Yeah, it's not blowing my mind. It's not getting me hot and bothered, but it sure is like all right, a good role player. Maybe you'll play it with Copper Coat Vanguard, a two mana two two. A human soldier that says each other human you control gains plus one plus zero oh in Ward One. Yeah, they're really pushing along these uh, human synergies. Eh? Yeah, man. Maybe they'll be a humans deck. Uh, Denitha, new Belenias for uh, Dude, one. I, I, you, green... you and I will never be able to pronounce anything the same way. Denitha <laughs> Benelia, and I'm over here going Danitha Benalia. <laughs> like we're just tomato it's, tomato. And that's yeah, man, it's that be. Ohio accent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is for one, a green and a white legendary creature, human knight. This has vigilance, trample, and lifelink. Once during each of your turns, if you uh, you may cast an equipment or aura spell from your graveyard. Moving on to Metropolis, to Metropolis Reformer. Uh, that is so a let, two let, something. Let me just say on on Danitha or Danitha or however you want to, sure. to say this effect is a. Uh, a version of Luris, and the second that we have anything that's even remotely close to a Mishra's bobble for either of these things that are playable in their own right, okay, then, okay, then this is actually pretty good. Yeah, I okay, G noted, noted. All right, Metropolis Reformer is two and a white for a. I want to say that's a two-two. It might be a two-three. Who knows? Who cares? Flying Vigilance. You have hexproof. Whenever Metropolis Performer is dealt damage, you would get, you gain that much life. It's probably an X three. I can't tell because this guy's thumbs on it. Yeah, flying vigilance. You have hexproof. It's three mana. It's uh, it's fine. I guess I guess it's yeah. Like you could play. This is another hate bear to play against Storm when you could just play like a Comball instead. Uh, anyhow, yeah. let's talk about Niv Mizix Supreme for Wooberg, legendary creature, dragon avatar, flying. Hexproof from multicolored. Each instant or sorcery you control that's exactly two colors has jumpstart. Looks this looks like a neat EDH deck card, but like I just don't see this. Like it's a five five for five man. I don't see it see it hitting the uh, board against me in uh in this format. Urborg Scavengers is a lot of words for a two two spirit for two and a black. Whenever this enters the battlefield or attacks, exile target card from a graveyard. Put plus one plus one counter. On the scavengers, it has flying as long as the card exiled with it has flying. The same as trooper. First strike, first strike, death touch, double strike, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink. You can you, you can just reach, skip over trample, it's, 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 it's not getting there. Not. <laughs> All right, blot out. Target player. Uh, this is a instant for two and a black. Target player exiles. Target opponent exiles a creature or planeswalker they control. With the greatest mana value among the creatures or planeswalkers they control, no thanks. It's it is another like the only notable thing about this card is that they are slowly inching their way towards giving black removal that says exile. And uh, yeah, ex it, it, it should just say exile merit lage, like more merit well, lage hate, right? It, it, it's not even just that. It's just that like in general, the stuff that like you need to be able to deal with Uro. Like if you're black based, if you're a black based fair deck, right? You're not dark ritualing. You just can never beat Uro. You have to move into white, and then it, yeah, you need white because you need the exile stuff to get rid of Uro. 
Sure. And so you just get you just get fucking blanked. Like Uro just boxes your entire archetype out of the format. So as we get closer to them just giving us more exile effects in black that can deal with specifically the things that you need to move into white for, a la yes, merit lage, but more specifically Uro, in my opinion. Yeah. Then you can start looking back at black as a reasonable control color to move into because you're not looking at your removal dying to something that you're like, oh, wow, if I had just played Source of Plowshares instead, this wouldn't be a problem. But yeah. instead, I'm fucking dying because I spent my removal spell and it just didn't fucking matter. Yep. Uh, Campus Renovation is a five mana sorcery. That is three red uh, and white for uh, return up to one target creature or enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Exile the top two cards of your library until end of turn you may play those two cards. Man, they just staple in the, that text onto everything these days. Everything. <laughs> everything everything is a reanimate in this yes. in this set. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the like, also like just Chandra draw two cards, you know, like just reckless are, impulse yeah, just, as well. Um, just, we are rebuilding. Everything is rebuilding in this set. After the Phyrexian invasion, we have to undo the entire storyline. Everything is a yog will. Yep. Uh, Rocco's uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Street Chief is a red, a green, a white for a 2-4 elf druid at the beginning of your instep. Each player exiles the top card of their library until their next instep. Each player may play the card exiled this may play the card exiled this way. Whenever a player plays a land or casts a spell from exile, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. And create a food token. There you go. There's your uh, there's your uh, card for what's her face. You see what you see what I'm saying? Where it's like I get this is group hugging and it's obviously targeted multiplayer, but yeah. like it's self feeding, right? It does a thing, but it feeds itself to do the thing. It does so, only do that once, though. Like it's like boom at the beginning of your time. end step. It does it at the beginning of oh. every end step. So like I, this, you you could theoretically just be doing what this thing does without having to do anything else, yeah, right? Which is so much, like, you could do more things, right? To, like, you you want to do more things if you want, but, like, the second ability says whenever you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile. So, like, you could do more of that to do more of that, but sure. it's self-feeding. It does so it, it asks, yeah, it does it. It, it doesn't Like, how many spells, how, how many lands and spells are you going to play a turn? Anyhow, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't ask much of you for to do what it does. That being said, though, like, this isn't going to see play in Legacy, but I do hope after this conversation that when we go back to New Capenna and we learn what the name of Rocco's restaurant is, I hope it's called Modern Life. Yeah, I hope Rocco's restaurant Modern is called Life. Modern Life. I, or yeah. Conglomo. Yeah, it could be that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarkon, Soul of Flame is a 2-4, one, a blue, a red. He is a human shaman legendary creature. Uh, dragon spells cost one less to cast. Whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you may have... Sarkin uh, become a copy of that dragon until in turn, except its name is Sarkin. It's legendary and additional uh, to its other types. Cool. Moving Sweet. on to Open the Way. Open the Way is an X green green sorcery. It says X can't be greater than the number of players in the game. So let's assume this is for two. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X land cards. Put those land into play. Uh, into the battlefield tapped and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. I don't know. This looks like it could, it, like, for I, I get that it's four mana, but like, do you think lands want something like this where it just no. like continues to ramp? Four I don't mana? know. No. Fair Bro, enough. yeah, here, here, the, the, the thing that this, this card to me is it makes me think at some point they have to just come to terms with, hey, Maybe we should recognize that we're a game engine as opposed to just one game. And we should just allocate certain cards to like be 
for 1v1 and other cards to be for four player because yeah. there are so many cards that like just don't make sense in a 1v1 context. Yeah. The first line of this card is just nonsense in 1v1. Yeah. It's just nonsense. But like they have to word it this way so it still functions within 1v1 in a 1v1 environment. Yeah. So like there's a ton of cards where they like have to word things so awkwardly to make it so that it works in four player but then also could theoretically work in 1v1 but you have to go through a bunch of ho hoops to like get to what they're saying to be like oh i see they intended for this to work in both game engines but in order for it to work in 1v1 it's worded this way so what that really means is the card is saying just this instead and that's like way simpler than wording it the way that they did but they had to word it the way that they did so that it works in four player context and it's just nonsense like it's yep. like i, I I, it just it's it looks so inelegant to me because it's just recognizing like okay we are designing for two different games and yeah. we have to figure out how to word it in such a way that it's designed for two different games and it just tilts me every time it's similar like the biggest offender is chaos defiler yeah well chaos defiler is a perfect example of that chaos defiler yeah. is just like for you know yeah you choose you choose an opponent and then they sack something at, one, one of those opponents sacks it at random or whatever or yeah. you destroy it at random but then in 1v1 it's actually not random at all it's, it's great it's pointed. it's like better yeah it's, it's, it's better a, it's it doesn't better target card. but like it, it exactly destroys the thing that you want but it doesn't target and therefore it's like even better than any of the other things yeah. but it's worded in such a way where you have to get over that you have to get over the hump that random in 1v1 is not random at all it's actually specific <laughs> and so you're like oh so this doesn't actually say any of what it says yeah it says something entirely different and i have to like think through the hoops in order to get there but they had to word it this way because they needed to work in multiple different it's so it's just so bring, inelegant bring your one-sided coin animus might two and a green for a sorcery uh it costs two less if you target a legendary creature uh target legendary creature deals twice that much twice the damage of its power to target creature or planeswalker you don't control I also just want to say one-sided coin. My previous joke, fucking great. I deserve a I deserve a fucking award for one-sided coin. This card's garbage. Uh, filter out is a two blue and one for an instant that says return all non-creature, non-land permanents to their owner's hand. Yeah, this is, this could see supply. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like t returning everybody, uh, everything that's not a creature or land. All right, cool. Hey, 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 dude, at the very least, this is something that people who play Cunning Wish are going to have want somewhere to have access to potentially. Yeah. All right. We got wipe, four wipe more wipe cards and then we're done. Wipe away has seen plenty of play. Uh, Nashi, Moon's Legacy. This is a black, a green, and a blue for I don't know what its power and toughness is. It's uh, a three Menace, four. It's a three four. It's a three four. Three, four. Menace Ward One. When the, uh, when this, Attacks exile up to one target legendary legendary or rat card from your graveyard. Copy it. Uh, you may cast the copy. So this can't get lands, can't get legendary lands. So you can't flip that stuff. But mm -hmm. I actually think this is probably a little bit better than it seems. Ward one, I think, goes a long way. Well, three four, if, you know, that's that's it, something. It's it, it's a three four, so it's it's just out of bolt range in general. But like all of the things that like would punish it uh, for not doing anything when it ETBs, the ward one actually does a lot of work. So yeah. if your opponent has, uh, it, like if they have uh, a removal spell up, like they have swords up, and you play this, you time walk that effect. It's very similar to how yeah. like if you run a Thalia into one open mana, it just it just blanks that mana because they can't actually cast it. it I mean, this can, I, I mean, on the stack, it's like it still gets red blasted, but that, that ward one goes a long way. And then also being a heavier tax on something like a Caracas, so they have to spend two mana every time in order to yeah. flip it is also, you know, at, at that point, you're just, that's, that's equivalent to porting, right? You're spending three to two as opposed yep. to two to one, like we're in that similar space. And if you 
do get to attack like menace gets through like uh, you know rat is is flavor text on this card it's just legendary card so if you know you were just saying about how like uh you know with a couple extra uh pieces of uh pieces of removal and some more exile support that black might be coming back into control color and this seems like a fine like three drop yeah, I think like you're still going to be on the in the Uro space because Uro is yeah. just always going to be better than anything else. If we ever get to a, a, a world where people are just really punishing graveyard hey deck or something, what some if we shit, see like... some cool rats soon? You know, who who knows? It's true. I, I I in order for you to like want, you could also bring Uro Uro back with this. Yeah, but then it just ah, sacks it. The token sacks. You're itself. already playing. You're already playing it. Token, you needed token legendary sacks creatures, itself. right? Token is sacking itself. But like, this isn't. <laughs> this is closer than than most of the cards in this set so far. Yeah, Nissa Resurgent Animist uh, is a three mana elf scout that is two and a green. I don't know. I can't see the power and toughness. Do you see it? It's a three three. It's a three three. Uh, landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. Then, if this is the second time this ability is resolved, reveal the top card of your library. If you reveal an elf or an elf card, does that say elf card? Put that into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. Yeah, I mean, this is this can run away with it. I mean, it being it's it's just a thicker elf, lotus cobra. You know, it is an it's elf. A thicker lotus cobra. Yeah, right. And when I, it, literally the first text, the, the opening line of text for it, Landfall is Lotus Cobra. Is lotus cobra. Yeah. So it's just another Lotus Cobra that then does something else, but it's still going to die to all the same things. So it's like, if Lotus Cobra ain't making it, I don't know why this would. All right. Uh, Feast of the Victorious Dead. Uh, this is an enchantment for a black and a white. At the beginning of your instep, if one or more creatures died this turn, you gain that much life and distribute that many plus one plus one counters among creatures you control. Neat. I don't think we're. I don't think we're playing that. Uh, this is this assumes that plus one plus one counters are valuable enough to be on a, to be a card. Like you're spending a card solely for that effect and like a life. plus one plus counters. Yeah, it's just not. It's just yeah, not. It's they're never not going to be. Final card: harnessed snub horn three and a white. You get a dinosaur with vigilance that is a two five. Whenever this deals combat damage to a player, return target artifact or creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. We did it, Phil. We talked about all the cards that got spoiled. We sure did. We <laughs> talked about every one of them. Every one of them. In-depth analysis for most of them, too. Uh, anyhow, I think that does it for this week. Uh, you've been, If you've been with us this far, please remember to uh, like and comment on the video. Uh, I'll be giving away uh, at least at least one card from uh, the, the last of what we have. Uh, tell me what you think your favorite card from this set is so far. What do you think we'll see play? And, and that's it for this week. It's great to have you back, Phil. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Name's Jace. You know why I'm better than all? Because I've embodied force of Phil. What do you do? Fuck Grin. Gonna tell this story like we oughta, like we gotta, top to bottom from beginning, and I'll show you how we scope lines. Little baby Jay-Z playing crazy like he Jay-Z on Beyonce, turkey chickies on the May drink. Fuck rhymes. Slaving over pages full of phrases, paving mazes into the archive. Thought crimes, I'll have my rats. Mind wipes, sparking nice despite the lies confided in. Pop of a Larry's Karen. Pegasus glaring. The core states up in the amperin' leak. Scaring me, daring me to erase my brain or go insane just like the Sphinx deranged. Sculpting mine, specifically mine. Like an elementary schooler's mushy lunchtime. Sloppily, choppily. Stumble taps to turvy through the blind eternities to the gilded city. Looking pretty guild packed in so much heat on the street. I could unsheath the freakiest freak in the ears at league or triple team. There's some Lesnian trees or steer the rear of a road from house to mirror. Angels breathing heavy, boros leaves and sweaty. Intertwine our minds, I will be one. Go for below.
flow, gonna make him go, uh. But my destiny was to meet a man with dreadlocks and streaks that crossed his eyes and cheeks, calls himself the Seeker. Name's Tezzeret. Catch your breath. I like the style you're rapping with. Let me tell you about the Infinite Consortium. Founded by the Dragon Nicopolis Primordium. I quoted him, exhorted him, exhorted him, moratorium. Exhorted him to the complex of a Lara. The blood rage, blood in the homunculus, auras, impulse the maelstrom like a porn up startup. But I need a partner. I need an ally. I need someone who I know I can trust. And looking at you with your wizard tux, I think to myself, this guy fucks. Fuck bring, gonna tell the story like we oughta, like we gotta top the bottom from beginning and I'll show you how we fault minds. Agents of artifice, I'm part of this, like Malin, the designers of Callus Roca, telepathic broker, drinking mocha, doing mindful yoga, hitting quotas. Just like I told you, I'm better than all. Smooth like butter, bad cholesterol. Fuck bring, gonna tell the story like we oughta, like we gotta top the bottom from beginning and I'll show you how we fault minds. Lose so deep, I'm a mind machine. I snap keep against Kasparov, tongue safe to go. Then float all these, shake his head like a Magnus, age 13. Not a beasted boy, don't call me Garrick, but insane in the membrane, it blessed Answered, seal your fate, I'm over calculus. Time to duel in the realm of shadows. In the game of magic, I'm Egyptian god. I'm a book of matches, all ignite your spark. But don't call me Chandra, I'm not impulsive. I like to brainstorm, I'm not impulsive. Don't call me Raska, I'm not gonna ask it. I'll stone your mind, make you think ass backwards. I'm off the band list, don't call me Oko. The plan for top eight, I'll make you choke. Hold my beard. Call me Stone Cold, I'll stun your mind. Make it freeze like Cold Stone. Blank your fairy tale, call your Ronos. Bash your lord, call me Vorthos. I'm no illusion, I won't be fading. I'll steal your thoughts like a new deck fading. But I'm not disheveled, I'm fly as shit. Like a mono blue, I'm mix of this. We'll tap your mind and make you weary. Then destroy your world just like the hear it. Let this put all speculation to rest. If you disagree that I'm better than all, I'm a terminus the shit out your board, bro. Terminus the shit out your board.